The scripture for this morning, it comes from Second uh, Timothy, chapter 1, from 1 to 10. Second Timothy 1, from 1 to 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. A night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to, fa to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying of my hand, the laying on of my hands, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the begin, beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is the word of God. It's our text is the same from verse 1 to 10 from Second Timothy chapter one, I think we, when we come to Second Timothy chapter 1, we can see that in every age, we can meet people who turn their face away from God. And this happened not only in our days, because sometimes we look to our days and see it is kind of darkness age. But I believe since Adam disobeyed God, and 
mankind turned their face away from God and put their trust in devil instead of God. We can see that in every age, in every time. And even we can see that very clearly in the book of Genesis chapter 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human being on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. But even in those situations, even in our disobedience, God will never leave us in darkness or forsake us. In Genesis, he sent his prophet Noah, who was a preacher of righteousness, to call people to repent. I believe this is the voice of reformation. This is the voice of a church. When the people turn their face away from God, our call as people of God, our call as a church, our call as a reformed community to call people to return to God and to be an example for them. When we show them how wonderful to be with God and God be with us. We can see that also in Second Timothy, in this chapter, especially verse 15. This is you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me. Even Paul and Timothy faced that. Even prophets in Old Testament faced that, that the people turned away from God. Paul was a prisoner in Rome. As he said in verse 8, he describes himself as a Lord's prisoner. Although he was in difficult time, but he didn't forget his responsibility to encourage his disciple Timothy. I think this is a call for you and me. Because sometimes we really find an excuse because, and we say we can't do it because oh, we live in difficult age, we live in difficult time. People can't listen, people can't believe. People have many things to trust. But this is not an excuse to not to tell people and bring the good news to their heart. I don't think we can face persecution and difficulties that the people of God in the Bible faced. Or even in other countries, people face literally death if they just uh, believe in Christ or people know that they believe in Christ.
One time in Egypt, they burned a person in the street. Not because he does something wrong, just because they knew that he is Christian. Then, yes, we live in kind of really difficult age, difficult time, a strange time. But God is with us. And this reminds us also, when the church was in darkness before Reformation, our Lord prepared people who face persecution and face death because they try to lead people to the word of God. For example, John Huss. He was one before the Reformation. He tried to help people to understand the word of God. John Wycliffe. Those people face lots of persecution because just as they try to bring the word of God to the people's heart. And the persecution was from the church. And then we can see we celebrate Reformation Sunday when Luther put or hang the 95 theses that he disagreed with the church and he tried to let people to come to understand the word of God, to come back to the word of God. And this is the reformation to bring people back to the word of God. And we can see that not only in Luther and Calvin and Wycliffe and Zwingli and all those great people that God used them, but we can see that in the Bible too. We can see that in our age too. We can see that we need that in our church too. If we see, and I know that you read and uh, really know about the 95 Theses that Rose are put, but the summarize is what we do as a church now. Salvation by faith alone. The Bible is the only authority. The authority in that time was in the Pope and the religious leader. The priesthood of all believers. And then we see John Calvin who bring us to the word of God again and he said, sola scripture. It means the Bible only. And the other wonderful teaching that we have in our church today that help us to understand the word of God. But reformation is not one time. Oh, we did a reformation and celebrated a reformation. Uh, we celebrated 500 years and then we celebrate every year. This is, not the, the, this is not the reformation. The reformation that we have to keep it going. We have to continue. When we see the people away from the word of God, let us call them back to the word of God. That's why we see in 2 Timothy 1, our message keeps the flame of our faith burning. Don't turn it off. Keep it burning. Keep it, show the light. Let the light of Christ shine in you. 
let people see this light in you and let let's see let people see the light in us i believe we need to do as paul and timothy and those great people that god used them did sometimes we are busy with our own business and it seems that there is no time to think of people who need encourage or who need the word of god and we think this work sometimes we think oh there is a special people do this work it's not us uh, we are people of god we come to the church we come to the church twice sunday we really do everything we send our kids to catechism we do everything good but that's not enough i see it like this when you have a good seed i know like you know we live in i my father was a farmer i did some farming with him helped him with a farm but sometimes you restore the best seed to plant it for next year but i'm thinking of this if we have the best seed ever for any plant and store the seed in golden box what they think what will happen after a few years will they grow i don't think so they might be spoiled and corrupted and die even in the are in golden box yes we i all i see that reformed churches our urcna have a wonderful teaching a strong teaching teach the word of god in the church but as a congregation as a people of god we come here to be fed and worship god and then we take this message outside of the walls to the community let people see it in our action and our words we need to do that yes we have many people in the bible they were busy but they had time to bring the gospel to preach the good news i always see that if we are willing to bring the word we will find the time to do it we can do that with the help of the holy spirit who lead and guide us we need to keep the flame of our faith burning verse 6 and 7 said for this reason i remind you to fan into flame the gift of god which is in you through the laying of my hand in this verse we can find that in all difficult situation we have to know that we have the gift of god for any task or mission that our lord called us to do and this gift already in us and we can see that through our two points today the first one fashion god fashions his people or god prepares his people or god form his forms his people second god equipped his people god forms his people or fashion his people we find in the bible that our lord fashioned and prepared his people for the task that he asked them to do 
if we have time, I can mention many of them. But because of time, I just focus on Paul and Timothy today. But we can remember the story of Joseph and the story of Moses. How many people were born in Moses' days? Many. Many get killed. But God saved Moses, brought him in Pharaoh's palace to have all the education, prepared him for everything that he needs to lead the people of God for deliverance. But I will focus on Paul and Timothy this morning. Paul. Paul started to introduce himself as an apostle. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Paul here refers to Acts 9. When he met with Jesus, before he met with Jesus, he persecuted the church of God, and we can read that in Acts 9, when he was persecuting the church of God. But Jesus met him, and he turned his direction, turned his attitude, turned his way. And instead to persecute the people of God, he was being persecuted because of the gospel and bring the gospel. Jesus had changed him. And then we can see that we are not the people that change the people's hearts. We are the people to bring the word, and God will change them. We can see the hand of God formed and shaped Paul to be ready for this task. We can hear him speak about himself in Philippians 3, for it is who, for it is we who are the circumcisions, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Paul who said that if anyone like to put confidence in flesh, it will be Paul, but he said, I will not. I will put my confidence in Jesus Christ. Then God prepared Paul for the task that God called him for. Now we can see how our Lord used him with mighty way for the task to preach the gospel. Not that only, but trained people to preach the gospel. Second one, Timothy. When we think of Timothy, we should think of the relationship between Timothy and Paul. Paul calls him my beloved son, my dear son, my son who I love, I love. And we can see that in 1 Corinthians 4.17, for this reason I have sent to you, to you, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. The relationship between Paul and Timothy, it wasn't like business relationship, work relationship. It was family relationship, and this has to be in the church. 
We need to practice this among us. We are a family. We are not here because we have the same knowledge only, belong the, the, to the same church, to be true church of God and people of God. And God is our Father. We should see each other as true brothers and sisters in Christ. The greeting from Paul to Timothy, it summarizes with this way. The three blessings of God's love as being grace to the worthless, mercy to the helpless, and peace to the restless. While God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord together constitute the one spring from which this threefold stream flew forth. And with the grace, mercy, and peace, we are here today. This very personal paragraph in which Apostle assured Timothy that he always remembers him as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayer night and day. He says, I remember your tears. I am reminded of your sincere faith. And whenever I remember you, Timothy, I thank God. The work of God in the life of Timothy it was God who had made Timothy what he was. Through his parents, his spiritual friendship with Paul, and his special gift. And a whole complex of factors had made Timothy what he was. His godly heritage, Paul's friendship, and training God's gift to him and his own self-discipline in strengthening it up. In principle, it is the same with all God's people. Perhaps the most striking thing is combination in both Paul and Timothy of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Those two facts of revelation and of experience which you will find difficult to reconcile and impossible to some systemize into a tidy doctrine. Paul could write of God's will and assert that God's grace had made him what he was. But then he would at once add, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And this is what he said in First Corinthians 15:10. And this is also when we go to, again to the Reformation and the people who did the Reformation. It wasn't them. It was God. And this has helped us, encourage us. We can't compare ourselves with Paul or Timothy. But we know that we have the same God that Paul and Timothy had. We can't compare ourselves with Calvin or Luther, but we have the same God that they believed and worshipped. That's why we can do the same work, because they didn't do the work. God did the work through them, and God do the work through us, if we believe that. That is, he added, his labor to God's grace. Although, to be sure, it was God's grace which inspired his labor. 
Timothy was a similar. His mother and grandmother could teach him out of the scripture and lead him toward this conversation or could actually bring him to Christ, befriend him, pray for him, write to him, train and exhort him, encourage him, and God could give him a special gift at his ordination. But still, Timothy must himself stir up the divine gift within him. Yes, God can do everything, but we still we need to stir up to keep the flame of our face burning. This is what we need to do. Second, God equipped his people. For this reason, I remind you to van into flame, verse 6 and 7, flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hand. For God gave us spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I believe that you agree with me that everything around us today leads to fear. Coronavirus is a big example of bringing fear to the people, heart and mind and life. But more than that, the evil around us, what happened in the world, what happened in, the, in public school, what happened, what happened in many places, bring fear. But in all of that, we have to remember what God gave us. We have to remember that he is with us. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And ESV, the translation, the ESV version, for God gave us spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God gave us power when people see us weak. But we have to believe in God, not in the circumstances around us. We have to believe in God, not in coronavirus, not on what the people say. Paul and Silas in prison had more power than the jailkeeper. We can read that in Acts 16. Jailkeeper tried to kill himself, and we see that Paul and Silas told them, don't do that, because we are here. We can think also of the three young men. They forced them to worship other gods. But they said, no, we will not worship your gods. We have our God that we worship. He is able to rescue us from your hand. Otherwise, we will not worship your God. We can think of many examples that prove that the spirit of power that God gives us leads us to victory because God granted this victory through the cross of Jesus Christ. This leads us to not to be ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is hard to be ashamed of the gospel because the Bible tells us, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father 
with the holy angels. The Bibles call us to not to be ashamed, but to share in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Paul count the suffer that he received because of the gospel as a gift. When he said in Philippians 1, 29, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer, to suffer for his sake. God saved us and called us. And verse 9 said, Who saved us and called us a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished this and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We see here, salvation is not by our works. And I think this is what the reform, the people who started the reformation bring people back. It's not by our works, it's by the grace of God. He saved us, he called us with the holy calling, and he brought life and immortality to light. Salvation is not only forgiveness of our sins, but he called us with the holy calling, for God didn't call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Salvation means that our Lord justifies, sanctifies, and glorifies his people. First, he paid the price of our sin. He died for us. He took our place and accepting us as righteous in his sight, so Christ. Then, progressively and transforming us by his spirit into the image of his son. Until finally we become like Christ in heaven. When with new bodies, a new world. We must not minimize the greatness of such a great salvation. And this has helped us to know that salvation is not how we do, how we do, we do certain things for the people and the people get saved. No, we bring the word of God, we tell them the good news, and God changes their, their heart. And God, the only one who can save people, not us. The source of salvation, not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time. For God gave us his own purpose of grace in Christ before we did any good works, before we were born and could do any good works, indeed before history, before time and eternity. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Our salvation rests firmly grounded upon the historical work performed by Jesus Christ at his first appearing. For though God gave us his grace in Christ, Jesus, before eternal time, he manifested it in time. God promised the salvation to us. Jesus revealed the salvation through his work. 
Jesus paid for our sins on the cross, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, abol who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is the wage of sin, and all of us deserve it. Sometimes we will think about God justice. God justice that we, all of us deserve this. But God's grace saved us through the work of Jesus Christ. There is a physical death and spiritual death and eternal death. The physical death separates the soul from the body. Spiritual death separates the person from God. Eternal death, it is when the people will not be, will receive the final judgment and punishment. Putting this great truth together, we seem to detect five stages by which God's saving purpose unfold. The first is the eternal gift to us in Christ of his grace. Second, is the historical appearing of Christ to abolish this by his death and resurrection. The third is the personal call of God to sinners through so the preaching of the gospel. The fourth is the moral sanct sanctification of believer believers by the Holy Spirit. And finally, is the final heavenly perfection in which the holy calling is completing. Yes, if we remember Reformation today, we have to bring the gospel. We have to know that it's not how good we are, or it's not about us. It's about God who works in us and through us, who granted the salvation to us. He can grant it to others, but he used you and me as tools in his hand to bring his word. And I know you hear the word faithfully here in this church. But you need to take this out and bring it to others. And after that, we leave it to God because who, he is the one who changes the heart. Let us pray. Lord, we know we cannot change anybody's heart. But you can do it. You changed us. You brought us from death to life, from darkness to light. And when we remember those people who you used them in the past to bring people back to your word, to the good news, we ask you to help us to not only understand that, but to live it and bring your word to the people, bring the truth, even if we live in the darkness age. But we know that you are able to change. 
and you are more powerful than any other power and authority. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.